Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are five girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real-life zoo employees, and as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Now, please keep in mind that we try to keep our podcast PG-13, but if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand. I'm Katie. I'm Kenzie. And that's it. (laughs) It's, it's us two tonight. Here's the show, folks. <laughs> this, is, this is this. I don't know if you know that John Mulaney bit where he comes out and he's like, "This, this is it. This is this, this is it." That's, yeah, that's how I feel right now. But anyway, with that, we're gonna get into this episode that I'm actually super excited about. Um, but we'll start with our fan shout out, Miss Kenzie. Yeah, let's take it away. All right, big fan shout out to all of you guys out there. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so patient with us really really patient with us Uh, we've all been very busy but we're working on getting plenty of new episodes out for you guys uh we will not be doing our regular news this episode as well but we will be getting back to that uh with our next episode where we will hopefully have all the lovely queens present also Happy belated, yeah, happy belated honeymoon (laughs) to abby she is out with her one true love in hawaii and she's mm-hmm. already sending us plenty of pictures of all the flora and fauna there. So yes. to say we are jealous is the least of it. <laughs> yep. Totally casual there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this episode, we're going to be talking about something that um, yesterday it was the international day for. I might have gone a little overboard on our Instagram story, but I was very excited. It was international sloth day. the best day of the year yeah (laughs) um it was october 20th it was international sloth day this will probably not be airing for another few days but um yeah and they deserve it they deserve a day all their own because they took evolution to one extreme and they were like yeah that works and uh it's been working for a good while for them they sure are some weird animals um but they're also very cute sometimes and i love them dearly uh, so it's no secret. I'm, I'm a keeper, a zookeeper. Um, but one of the animals that I take care of are sloths. Um, and I actually take care of five of them when I'm at work. Yeah. We got five, five sloths. It's a party every day, all day. It's a um, party. I love it, it. They take up a lot of, uh, a lot of my day. Um, cause we do training sessions with each of them. And, um, as you can imagine, their training sessions take a while. Um, All day. <laughs> yeah, they're they're smart. Um, they're very, you know, good with training, but um, they just move a little slower, and that's, that's okay. They can do that. Uh, my facility that I work at also does a sloth encounter tour, um, so I do that twice a day where our guests can come behind the scenes. They learn a little more about how we take care of our sloths, get a more up-close-and-personal um with a couple of them but before I worked as a zookeeper I did not really know too much about them uh the other facilities I'd worked at as an intern or as an educator never had them uh so like I was a fan of them I thought they were great they were really cute and I'm pretty sure in high school I always said that they were my favorite animal but I think I just said that because it was like the cool thing to say like you know (laughs) Like, yeah. like, yeah, like, what's your favorite animal? A sloth, because they're so sleepy like me. 
Yeah, sloths yeah. definitely had a moment while we were in high school. Yeah, they did. They had a big moment. Um, and people still love sloths even today. What's not to love? Um, they're really relatable and funny because they're so slow moving. I mean, obviously, that's even where they get their name from, um, which is a joke that's been made in countless movies and TV shows like Zootopia, just to name one. Um, but the question that we're going to answer today is why are they actually so slow? Why is it useful for them? Buckle up because you're about to learn everything you've ever wanted to know about sloths and probably some things that you didn't even want to know about them. It's going to get real fun. The so, fast and the furious. Ex- yes, except the slow and the serious. <laughs> um, maybe not so serious. They're, they're kind of big goofballs at work. But anyways, where did sloths get their start? Kenzie, do you know, without looking, how many sloth species there are out there? Um, or can I take a guess? Not really. I would say off the top of my head, maybe three or four. That's a good guess. There's six. Oh, yeah, really? You were, yeah, you were right on it. Nice job. Ah, awesome sauce. <laughs> I sometimes will ask that, like, at the beginning of my tours. I'll be like, how many species of sloths do you guys think there are? And they'll be like, 87. And I'm like, I <laughs> wish. <laughs> Usually that's, like, a, an eight-year-old child. And I'm like, man, do I wish there were. But there's only six, and we're going to talk about two of them. Oh, the optimism of youth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. There used to be, I mean, we'll get into this, but there used to be the ground sloths um which were pretty darn awesome if i do say so myself sort of wish they were still around but anyways there are six species of sloths uh there are two types within these six species there are two-toed and then there are three-toed we have two species of two-toed sloths and then we have four species of three-toed sloths Um, the four species of three-toed they look really really similar um, to one another but there's the pygmy three-toed sloth uh, so if you didn't think sloths were cute enough, just imagine them pygmy, tiny. I mean, wow. Um, unfortunately, this species is the critically endangered one. Um, they are only found on the Isla Escudo de Veraguas. Yeah. And it's a small island off of Panama. Um, in 2012, there were only about 79 of them estimated to be left. Um, and today it's believed that's more around 50 now. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so they're, they're crit- like, I know we say critically endangered a lot of times, and for other species that can mean like there's maybe uh, like 5,000 of them left, but for these guys it's pretty dire. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I would say it's pretty, pretty darn dire, and it's a shame too, because I'm looking at the photos of them and Yeah, wow, they're cute, they're, they're, so cute. Cute. they're literally just like any other three-toed sloth, they're just tinier. Yeah, I do um, love tiny. Not that much is known about them either, like their reproduction, um, all that kind of stuff. It's never actually been seen um, there, like uh, one giving birth to another, all that jazz. Um, So uh, that's also the problem of it is that we just don't know as much about them because they're so hard to find. And we'll get into why in a little bit. Um, The other two, uh, three species of three-toed sloths are the pale-throated sloth, um, which is least concern, the brown-throated throated sloth which is also least concern um the brown uh, throated is usually the one that you see in like zootopia and movies it's always what it's based off of um and then there's the maned sloth which is vulnerable uh they are found in brazil's atlantic forest which is unfortunately um rapidly losing a lot of its forest uh it's dwindling so the maned sloth is now considered a vulnerable species 
and then as far as the two-toed sloths are considered, uh, there's uh, the Linnaeus two-toed sloth, which is of least concern, and the Hoffman's two-toed sloth, which is also of least concern. Uh, but all these species are found uh, throughout Central and South America in tropical forests. So uh, it just depends on which one you're looking at where more specifically they would be found. Um, but a fun little fact for you is when we call like them three-toed versus two-toed, all sloths, no matter what species, actually have three toes on their hind two limbs. Um, if you're looking for the different species or the different types, you look on their front two limbs and then they either have only two toes or three toes. Um, but they all have three toes on their back limbs. So go figure. Sometimes we have people on our tours and they're like, wait a minute. You told me this was a two-toed sloth. And I'm like, look at the front limbs. <laughs> You're like, gotcha. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you made a clever observation. I'm not going to fault you there. They do have three on their back toes. I'm not trying to fool you, I promise. Um <laughs> If you'll, if I could just point your attention to their front two, and then we can do some counting. Um, that's yeah. usually how that goes. Uh, some other differences between these two two types of sloths is two-toed are actually considered omnivores, um, so they will eat not only like lots of vegetation, but they'll also eat small lizards. They'll eat bird eggs, uh, bugs off their own back, delicious, and even carry on. Um, whereas three-toed are co almost completely herbivorous. So, yikes. <laughs> Bet I you mean, didn't think that they could be uh, omnivores. I mean, it's definitely not something I associated them with. Um, right. I'm, I honestly thought there was like two-toed and three-toed and probably another type of sloth I didn't know. So, mm. I'm learning lots. <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're only just scratched the surface. Oh. Um they are called sloths for a reason, though. They move about 120 feet a day. And that's sort of on the max end. Usually I tell people, because people will ask me this all the time on the sloth tours. They're like, how fast can a sloth move at, like, top speed? And I'm like, I don't know. I've never clocked our sloths, like, going <laughs> across a branch. I'm like, but the fact is, like, they move 100 feet per day. So if you want to really break that down somehow into, like, point zero 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 one mile per hour i don't know <laughs> they move slow that's their whole thing uh they have a very slow meta metabolic rate um which is why they move so slowly and they also sleep for around 15 to 20 hours a day uh though there was apparently a study recently done that another keeper was telling me about where um they put like uh basically i don't know how you call it um, like neurological, like a, a helmet almost mm -hmm. <laughs> on a sloth um, to actually like detect their rate of consciousness throughout the day versus unconsciousness. Um, and they really only sleep about nine hours a day, but they are inactive for 15 to 20. Like, does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. So they're kind of lay about for 15 to 20 Exactly. Hours. Even though they may be conscious during the, some of that time, uh, they're still not moving <laughs> Like, they're not active when they're awake. So, me on my Sundays. Ex exactly. <laughs> While you are in bed, um, just hanging about, you're not necessarily sleeping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for that whole time. That is great analysis. Um, two-toed, another little difference between them is two-toed sloths are slightly bigger than three-toed sloths, and they look different. Um, so, three-toed sloths, like I said, are the ones that, if you've seen Zootopia, if you literally have any 
t-shirt blanket uh anything backpack with a sloth on it throughout your entire life i guarantee you it was a three-toed sloth uh they're the ones that are just pictured everywhere they have the black mask on their eyes that's kind of how they're distinguished whereas the two-toed sloths do not have a black mask um and they come in a lovely blonde and a lovely brunette Uh, the linnaeus two-toed sloth is brown in color um, and the hoffman's is blonde so Whereas actually all sloths end up being green because of the algae that they grow on their back. But we'll get into that in a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Personally, I also think that two-toed are cuter. Um, If you look up, Kenzie, I want you to do this. Can you look up a picture of a two-toed sloth versus three-toed and tell me what you think is more adorable? Okay. Because why three-toed have ended up as the, you know icon for sloths after working with two-toed i just i don't get it i'm like two-toed are just they're just cuter man they got a big little doggy nose big button nose okay i pulled up a picture of a two-toed now i'm pulling up a three-toed there you go right good old ecosia images yep love that Mm mm-hmm if uh, for anyone who hasn't know, that's a search engine that when you use it, it plants trees. Plants trees. Yeah. <laughs> Ecosia. It's it's pretty cool. I used it for a while, but then it gave my computer a virus, so I had to stop. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I'm scared. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. I think it, maybe it was something I searched or I don't know. But, like, I was like, my computer's gotten really slow since I started using this search engine, so. I switched back to, to Google, but you keep you keep planting those trees. You're doing good. <laughs> well, I'm I'm using it through Google Chrome extension, so hopefully. Okay, well maybe that's maybe yeah. I should try that. Yeah. Anyways, fascinating topic conversation, everyone. Um, so, Katie, I'm going <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm going to be real honest here. I, I no, have, I can't have an unbiased opinion because I I think I think I remember this correctly, but um, Jesse. Yeah, uh, our friend. I think she also she has a thing against two toed sloths because uh, she says they look like creepy old men, and so every no. time, I know. So every time I look like I look at a two toed sloth now, I'm looking at it. I, I just think of think three toads look more like creepy old men. But go off. I mean, I can also see that as well. Um, two toads look more like teddy bears to me, like in the <laughs> face. I, I like I like the pink nose. I really do. Yeah, that's the Hoffman's two-toed yeah. for you. They got pinky pink noses sometimes. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think we'll we'll leave it up to the listeners. All right, fair that. enough. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a poll come out after this episode, and y'all tell me what you think is cuter, um, and then I'll rest my case. But <laughs> other democracy, yeah. Um, some other little like backgrounds about uh, about sloths is they are surprisingly good swimmers. Um, but they're basically helpless on the ground unless there's something to grab onto. Uh, they look real, I'm not going to lie, they look real demonic when they're crawling on the ground. Uh, so one of our sloths has a habit of doing it when it rains. I don't know why. They just get a kick out of getting on the ground. And, and I don't know if it's like the mud. They just love it. Um, but they look demonic. Like, it genuinely scares me. I'm like, I love this sloth so much, but when she does that, I'm like, please don't come near me even if I have a 20-foot foot pole. Just 
get away girl <laughs> right the power of you <laughs> that's what i literally feel like going out and yelling at her um <laughs> it's only when it rains i don't know if she's just like ooh, a rain or what but oofa anyways uh their closest living relative is the anteater and then closely followed by armadillos but there was an extinct um animal called the ground sloth which i also highly recommend googling a picture of uh they were almost the size of an elephant Oh, that's big. And instead of occupying the trees, as their name suggests, they were found on the ground. They used to even be here in Florida. Like, dang. Why'd you guys... Well, they went extinct, um, actually, right around the time when humans came into the picture. So some scientists theorize that we killed them. <laughs> I mean, that, that tracks. We do have a, a record for that. But then some also credit it to the changing climate of the time. So... Was it probably a combination of both? Yeah. Probably, yeah. It's not easy when you have hunting pressure on top of climate change. It's not. <laughs> Just ask any animal living in today's conditions. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> so where do they live now? Uh, the sloths that we still have, they live in tropical rainforests throughout Central and South America. Um, more specifically, they live in countries like Panama, Costa Rica, Brazil, and even Peru. Um, so that's where you will find them. Uh, now we're going to get a little more into their adaptations. So we've all kind of joked about, oh, I'm just as slow as a sloth. And like, I, I relate to sloths because I also sleep all day. If I had a dime for every person that said that on my tours, I wouldn't have a lot of money, but I'd have some money. <laughs> um, and that's saying something. So getting into why they're so slow, uh, it's, a lot of it has to do with their low energy diet of leaves. Um, so by eating all these leaves, they don't have a lot of nutrition in general. So their body has to take a long, long time to digest it. Um, I read that a sloth's body weight at one point um, can two thirds of their body weight can consist of what's in their stomach at the time. Like, could you imagine? What? Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? That's how much they can carry in their stomachs that they're still digesting, um, which will lead into how they go to the bathroom later. But this low energy diet of leaves um, per, like also contributes to their slow metabolism for getting all the energy or nutrition that they can out of that diet. Um, but this slowness in turn actually helps them avoid detection um, by their predators. So their predators rely on uh, visual cues to hunt them, to hunt most of their food. Um, so their predators include jaguars, uh, ocelots, um, which are a smaller cat that's found um, in these areas, and uh, harpy eagles and predatory hawks. Kenzie, do you know how large a harpy eagle is? A uh, freaking huge, man. Yeah. 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 I did a little presentation on them when I was studying abroad in Belize. Oh, to see one at the Belize Zoo because it was, oh, wow. a, yeah, it was a rescue and it was deemed, I think, non-releasable. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> those aren't birds; those are dinosaurs. Those are that's so true. <laughs> like if we were talking about birds that still look like dinosaurs, a harpy eagle is one of them. So mm-hmm. this thing, if it spots a sloth, can pick it up out of the tree and just carry it on off like a little to-go meal. <laughs> Right? It's like, you know, fast food, but maybe (laughs) slow food. I don't know. But, um, um, so, but because they move so slowly, these hawks, eagles, and cats rely on sight, uh, to find their prey. So if it's not moving 
quick enough for them to detect, they often can just go undetected. Um, so their slowness and the fact that they sleep in one spot for most of the day just allows them to hide basically really, really well. Um, the other reason that they're able to hide really well is they have a really shaggy coat. Um, uh, for sloth fur is really coarse. Um, <laughs> whenever we have our guests do the touch with our sloth, I'll usually ask them, like, what do you think it feels like? Um, and we've had some really interesting answers. <laughs> Uh, my favorite being, it feels like an old golden retriever. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Yeah, it kind of gets the courses like just right on there. Um, as well as someone also said a horse mane, uh, which I thought, I thought that was pretty close to. And then a guinea pig, which I've actually don't think I've ever touched a guinea pig. So I really can't say if that's correct or not. Huh. I was like, I'll take your word for it, random lady. Um <laughs> But they have this really coarse, grooved hair um, that actually, instead of, so like on other mammals, the hair is usually what covers the sensitive parts of the body. That's where it goes towards. Um, however, on a sloth, it actually does the opposite. It goes away from sensitive areas to uh, have rainforest water or rain. Wow. <laughs> rainforest water. That would be called rain, Katie. Anyways, um, it goes away from those sensitive areas and pools up on their backs um, where it starts to host symbiotic algae, which helps to in turn camouflage the sloth even more in the trees. And the sloth will also eat it right off of its own back, which I think is, is really great. Kneel, kneel on your own back. Kneel to go. I really like that. But the um, algae, this is also a little fun thing is the algae that, lives on these slots um, also nourishes a host of other invertebrates. Um, this part doesn't sound as fun. So they host a lot of bugs on their back. Some of them not so nice bugs like mosquitoes, ticks, blood sucking ones. Um, but they also house things like moths. And apparently there is a whole group uh, of moths that are known as sloth moths. And they exist solely on sloths that's the only place where they're found are you serious i am dead serious i actually love that so they have uh basically a symbiotic relationship not only with the algae but also with these moths um recent research shows that moths which live on the sloth's fur lay eggs in their feces which i'll get into a little while how they go to the bathroom but um, when they hatch the larvae feed on the feces and when mature fly up onto the sloth above so that's that's their whole lives, <laughs> depending wow. on the sloth, um, which is crazy. But in turn, <laughs> they live on the sloth's fur and promote the growth of algae. Mm -hmm. um, so because the moths are there, the algae actually grows better, um, which the sloths then eat. So they're helping it in return. So we love a good old mutualistic relationship. We Great do. stuff. Yeah, we love that. Now, going back to their poop, though. Do you know how often sloths will poop, Kenzie? Um, I'm going to guess once a week. You got it. You oh, got it. Some, some people like know that fact like right off the top of their head. And then other people have no idea. And it always, I love when they have no idea and I tell them and they're just like their face just, <laughs> their jaw just drops. <laughs> um, so yeah, due to their food, uh, the type of food they eat and their slow metabolism, they only poop about once a week. Um, in a zoo, they poop about every three days because they have a higher in fiber diet. 
Um, just a little fun fact for you there. So once a week in the wild, though, when they do poop, it is the most vulnerable time for them to be attacked by predators because they will actually come down from uh, the trees where their territory is. They'll come down to the base of the tree. Uh, they will go to the same spot every time. Sloths are creatures of habit. Uh, they will dig a little hole, they'll poop, do their business, and they'll cover it up with dirt, and they'll head back up the tree. Um, however, when they are doing this, it is the most vulnerable time for them to be attacked by a predator, uh, which is definitely when I would not want to be attacked by a predator if I were any animal. Just right. <laughs> not an ideal situation. No. Um, but if they get attacked, they will swipe with their claws, they'll bite, and even um, they will even hiss and shriek. Um, now, I've never heard a sloth shriek. Two-toed are not as known for being vocal as three-toed are. Um, but imagine it's terrifying, just from what I've learned about sloths. Um, so that's wild. Now, <laughs> one other little fun thing about sloths is they're one of the only mammals in the world that do not have seven neck vertebrae. Really? Yeah. So do you know, so it's the two-toed sloth. They have about five. It can range from five to seven neck vertebrae, uh -huh. while three-toed sloths have eight or nine. So if you've ever seen, like, a video of a sloth looking like it's turning its head, like, way too far, that's why. Oh, oh. so yeah. that, they look like they're getting an exorcism performed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what Yep. <laughs> yep. Do you know what the other mammal is that doesn't have seven neck vertebrae is? I do not. Tell me. I was like, I thought you would. It's a manatee. Manatee? Yeah. Somehow that makes sense. Manatees Somehow. only have six, so they don't have as, as good of neck motion as, you know. Yeah. No, Which, but... I, you know, as you've you've seen manatees. <laughs> they're, they're giant floating potatoes, and I love them. So it makes sense. Um, yeah. But I just thought that was interesting. It's like manatees and sloths um, are in the same boat for that reason. <laughs> Now, aside of their weird necks, uh, they don't really have great vision. They do have color vision, but it, um, vision aside from that is pretty poor. Um, and they also don't have great hearing. So I'm actually curious. I'm going to quickly Google sloth ears because you don't really see. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Kenzie, Google it. Google sloth ear right now. Um, so their hair covers their ear entirely. A lot of thick fur over their ears. They don't hear very well. But I, what I tell people is they have, like, really human-looking ears. They're just super tiny. And they're oh, my other... gosh. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. That yeah. is I don't, weird. I, that's cute, but also... Don't know how to feel about that, right? Yeah. No, it feels like someone Photoshopped it or, like, I know. put it onto them. And it's I'm... so <laughs> odd. So they do have very human-like ears, but they're tiny, and they're underneath all that fur, so their hearing is not very good. Um, but they do have a really good sense of smell. They got a big old schnoz. Um, and it uh, is almost like a dog's um, in that when they do smell something really fun, they get really wet noses. Oh. Yeah, it's real cute. Um, cute. So like a lot of times for our sloths, they get scent enrichment. Um, that's one of their favorite types of enrichment. Uh, they that or like just putting lettuce and fun little things for them to get. That's the two things that really get them jazzed up. Uh, <laughs> but like when we give them scent enrichment, you'll see they just start sniffing it or, or catching onto the scent and then their noses get all wet and it's very cute. Um but yeah, so they got a good sense of smell. That's how they're able to find food. Um, it comes in handy for mating, which we'll get into in a little bit. 
Um, and also just uh, knowing if there's another sloth in their territory. Um, generally, they are nocturnal. Sometimes three-toed sloths will be seen awake during the day, but um, two-toed are nocturnal. Um, in zoos, they're obviously going to behave a little differently. Um, our sloths wake up a couple of times during the day, and that's just because of feeding and um, training sort of stuff. But uh, aside from that, sloths are, this usually is what surprises people the most on my tours, is sloths are solitary and territorial animals, and they are aggressive towards sloths of the same sex. So, that very cute and cuddly animal is not very cute and cuddly whatsoever. Uh, that shocks people. Uh, every time I tell people that, they're just like, they don't, they don't live together. They don't like each other. I'm like, no, if we put another sloth in here with this sloth, they would, they would duke it out. <laughs> uh, slowly, but they would. It's just like it's on site. It's yeah. on site. <laughs> it's on site. It really is, and it's kind of crazy because I only ever saw um, one of our sloths get aggressive once, and it was because um, we were moving them for um, like we were getting work done in our area, and we needed to move them to a temporary habitat. And she literally saw uh, one of the other sloths, and it was still like a ways away from her in its own habitat, but she got so pissed she started snapping her jaw and swinging her claws and I was like I will never see this sloth the same way again <laughs> um when they do move aggressively or when they move like if there is a predator and they're trying to get away um they can move uh, a lot quicker than you think and they mm -hmm. move very robotically almost is how I've described it um because usually their movements are very slow very fluid um almost really graceful and then when they're threatened or they feel this sense of urgency, it becomes very robotic, um, which honestly just makes it more terrifying. So there's that. <laughs> um, but what they'll actually do if another sloth were to come into their territory is they start shaking the branches that they're hanging on um, to let the other sloth know, like, hey, this is, this is my territory. You better back it up on out of here. Um, and they will start snapping their jaw, um, showing off their four self-sharpening uh teeth in the front of their mouth sloths have four extremely sharp teeth uh in the very front of their mouth otherwise they have six molars behind that for all the food that they're eating um those four teeth are just for defending themselves from predators and other sloths so uh watch out all right yeah four yeah, and they do have pretty sharp claws um so they also will swipe with those claws as well and uh you better back on up out of there. Uh, so the only time where obviously you will see uh, sloths together is if it's a, a female and her baby or if it's a male and female um, bow chicka bow wow. Getting <laughs> it on really quick. Um, and this is a very short interaction. So um, this is kind of like I think this is really funny. A male will actually look for a female. They do have um, depending on if they're three toed or two toed. Um, seasonal uh, breeding seasons mm -hmm. seasonal breeding seasons yeah there you go um, so the male will actually descend from his territory he will crawl on the ground looking for the female's pile of poop so like <laughs> he's looking around looking for the other piles of poop left behind by other sloths and if he smells a female he will go up that tree in the hopes of finding her and mating um, as you can imagine that's super like uh, dangerous for that male sloth but you gotta yeah. do what you gotta do you know 
I guess, I guess so, man. Yeah, in the pursuit of uh, spreading your your gene pool around, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's it's winning at life. <laughs> I mean, I guess the females get it good in that situation because they're just like, yeah, come and find me if you can. <laughs> man, I, I wish it was that easy. Hope you don't find a jaguar on the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I don't know if you've ever seen. I'm pretty sure it was a Planet Earth episode. There's a, a three-toed sloth looking for a mate. And he was swimming. He swam across this way. A lot of times sloths will swim like if it's like an island chain area in order to get from one area to another. They will swim because they're actually pretty good at it, which is also it's very weird to watch because they have such long limbs and they sort of doggy paddle their way across. Um, But he was he found a female and he went up to her tree into her tree and she already had a baby. (laughs) She had a baby in her arms and he was like, God damn it <laughs> like went back down the tree and on his way um it's like one of my favorite planet earth videos three toed sloths will also call out um so females will make a call if they're looking for a mate so i think this this girl was just leading him on because <laughs> uh, he got up there and he was like what the heck it's just um, like junior this is how you do it watch <laughs> yeah so then he heard another female that's how they ended that clip was he was going off toward another lady um in the hopes of mating so um two-toed however won't do that so it just depends on the species um but when they do get it on uh this is also an insane fact the two-toed sloths have a gestation period of 55 weeks so about a year no thank you <laughs> Every time I give a tour and I say that fact, all the women in the room are just like, mm, hard pass. <laughs> hard pass. I do hard. not want to be pregnant for a year. No, thank you. <laughs> um, and I'm always like, yeah, we think nine months is bad. Um, the three toed sloths, on the other hand, have a gestation period of only six months. So riddle me that one, science. Um, that really doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I, I haven't found a good explanation for it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that too. It's weird, but um, the baby will stay with mom for um, anywhere from five weeks to two years. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. They start eating solid food around five weeks, but they aren't considered mature until about two years. Um, So it's kind of up to mom at that point, um, or baby, I guess, if they're just going to wander off or if she's like, get the heck out of here. I know in most zoos, obviously, babies tend to stay with mom for longer because there's, you know, no scarcity of resources so why not stay with mom for you know for on mom's perspective why not let baby stay around for a little longer it's not like I'm lacking for food or energy or space um but uh, you know it depends on where they are obviously uh mom will give birth hanging upside down oh uh sloths do everything upside down except poop they eat they sleep and they even give birth upside down uh, scientists actually also really don't know the reason why they do come down from the trees to poop and why not, why they just don't go um, in the trees. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they haven't figured that out. one out either. <laughs> um, no idea on that front. But so, yeah, gives birth upside down, does everything upside down. That that leads me to my last little morbid fact here about sloths is they will actually die and remain hanging from tree branches after they've passed on because their limbs expend almost no energy when they're hanging upside down. 
their claws basically act like little clothing hangers and they just hang on the branch. Uh, So that's kind of crazy. Wow. Another morbid little fun fact is because of this, uh, they are not really hunted in the wild because even when they are shot in a tree, they will not fall from the tree because they're hanging there upside down. Um, Which is, again, a very morbid fact, but it's, it's true. So... Ufa. I don't know if that's good or bad for a sloth, you tell me. <laughs> I get, I, so, you, so you're telling me it's possible to find a skeleton of a sloth? Yes, that has been found. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Oh, that's really creepy. Isn't I don't that crazy? That. Do not like that. Do not. Oh, no. <laughs> you're like trekking through the jungles of Brazil, and like all of a sudden you're just like a sloth there's, skeleton staring at you. Of- there's bones in the trees. There's bones in the trees. <laughs> Why are the bones up in the trees? Why are they up that high? Yeah, sloths, man. <laughs> Your guy's just like, sloths, man. Come on. Yeah, so crazy stuff about sloths. Um, another thing I did forget to mention is they have one of the lowest body temperatures of any mammal. Um, they're actually not considered... Oh, there's a fancy word for it. Um, uh, now I'm blanking on what it is. Basically, they are not as good at maintaining their own body temperature. They actually act more like cold-blooded animals and that they usually will bask in the sun in order to raise their body temperature. Uh, I'm really mad that I can't find this word. Hang on, I'm scanning this this thing I was looking at earlier. I thought I wrote it down, but I guess I didn't. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, They're called heterothermic. That's the word for it. Um, which means their body temperature may vary according to the environment. Um, Normally it ranges from 77 to 95 degrees Fahrenheit, but they're actually able to drop their body temperature as low as 68 degrees Fahrenheit, which will induce torpor for them. Um, Torpor is basically just like a decreased physiological activity um, in any animal due to body temperature. Bats do it. Yeah, it's, it's really similar to the idea of hibernation mm-hmm. so but, but not quite hibernation. not quite not yeah. quite hibernation but similar um so yeah they they would do that um which is insane to me so sloths just they just be living in these extreme conditions and just be chill about it is what i've gathered they're wild man they are um so that leads me into talking a little bit more about sloths in zoos um so i the, the five that I take care of, we have three Hoffman's two-toed sloths, and we have two Linnaeus two-toed sloths. Um, and these are the, both of the species that you will see throughout facilities here in the United States. Um, you will actually not find three-toed sloths. Uh, the only place in the United States that you will find a three-toed sloth is at the Dallas World Aquarium. Have you ever been there? No, I don't think I have, actually. So, in the Dallas World Aquarium, apparently they have a small population of three brown-throated, three-toed sloths. And the reason for this is three-toed sloths are very picky eaters. Uh, They only eat cecropia leaves, um, which are not, you know, farmed here in the U.S. Uh, So, the aquarium actually has to fly it in from Hawaii. Uh, So two-toed sloths, however, will eat just about any vegetation and browse out there. Uh, Though I did find uh, on Britannica's website about sloths uh, that recently scientists who did believe that three-toed sloths only eat cecropia leaves 
um, may actually eat a variety of other leaves. They have just never been detected in any other trees besides Cecropia trees. So again, going in hand with, it's just really hard to find them. They just camouflage so well. And then when they do move, you can barely even notice it. That I feel like there's so much we still don't know about sloths. So maybe they do eat other leaves. Who knows? Uh, Their lifespan in the wild is unknown. Uh, It's thought to be around 20 years, but the oldest sloth that ever lived in human care was 49 when she passed away. Um, At my facility, uh, we have a very, very, very old sloth. He is in his 40s, so... Oh, wow. Yeah, he's an old man. I love him very much, Um, but we're hoping he breaks that record, so... Let's go, buddy. Um, (laughs) Now, when we do have sloths in zoos, they do get a lot of attention, and they can make really great ambassador animals. Um, But what a lot of people don't realize is that when you see a keeper holding a sloth, touching them, um, that that is a, both of those are actually trained behaviors. Um, So being a solitary animal, touch is not a part of their natural behavior. Uh, Usually it would indicate that there is a predator attacking them. So it's really not reinforcing in any way. It's not something they seek out. They're not cuddling with other sloths in the wild. They're not grooming each other. Um, So touch is very foreign to them, Um, which is why it takes a lot of time for a keeper to build up trust with a sloth, um, to build up that relationship, and to positively reinforce them with something like food um, to allow them to touch. So... Uh, This can go then even further and you can train a sloth to possibly um, allow you to hold them. Um, We actually only have one sloth that is trained to be held at our facility and that's because it's the old one and he has arthritis. Um, And sometimes we need to move him uh, to different areas like if we're cleaning and it's just a lot easier on him to ask to be held than to ask him to move. So that's that reason. But otherwise... um, We actually crate train our sloths, so they will voluntarily get into a crate, uh, and then we can move them um, where we need them to go, uh, usually up to our vet hospital for their annual physical. But this allows them to participate in that healthcare and also allows them to say no. Um, So, like, sometimes I'll ask one of our outdoor sloths um, if they want to come in for a tour. Um, So, literally, I go in with his, like, with the crate, I just leave the door open Um, And sometimes they'll zip right on in and then sometimes they're like, they sniff it and they're like, "Mm, I'm not really feeling it today. And then they go back to sleep, (laughs) Um, which is so fair. Uh, You know, we all have our days where we just don't want to do anything, (laughs) even for snacks. So that is why a lot of times on my tours, um, people are always like, are we going to get to hold a slot? And you have to be like, no. And then they're like, well, that's the only thing I wanted to do. And I'm like, no, you're going to listen to me talk about um, sloths uh, for 30 minutes anyways (laughs) and all their conservation issues. (laughs) Um, And then they're like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) So when I, you know, say no, um, we've gone over that they're solitary animals. They have four very large and very sharp teeth in the front of their mouth. Um, and usually when we do let our guests touch a sloth or this is at any facility you go to, just not, not just where I work, um, you have to en- emphasize that it is a gentle touch, um, and that we are always making sure that we're positively reinforcing them for allow us to touch, um, with their favorite treats. Um, if you're wondering what sloth treats look like, it is a nice piece of apple or pear 
or a string bean or a carrot. They love their fruits and veggies. Um, they all have their favorites too. Uh, they all have their personal preferences. Um, one of our sloths will work for pears and nothing less. And she is a diva. If we try to give her a string bean, she's like, get that out of my face. Give me, a, <laughs> give me the pear. Um, but usually when we're doing these interactions, we have to emphasize that the sloths can, you know, opt out at any time. And we have to respect that. Um, while working this in this position, I've also had people tell me some wild stories about other times that they've met sloths that was not at an AZA accredited facility. Oh, um, <laughs> Kenzie, you're gonna this is gonna grind your gears as it's grinded mine. Um, <laughs> one time, I had this couple tell me, like I'll usually ask people when I'm bringing them over for the tour, I'm like, "Has anyone ever met a sloth before at another zoo?" Um, and this one couple was like, oh, yeah, we've met a sloth before. And I was like, oh, where did you do that? And they were like, well, um, we're from Fort Lauderdale. And there was a man who would just bring his pet sloth to the farmer's market on a pillow. Um, and you could just go up and touch it. <sighs> and I was like, <laughs> it's very upset. I was like, I know neither of you are doing that. Like, it's this man you're telling me this story about, but I am curious nonetheless. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, another woman, this was actually recently, came on our tour and told us that she tried to buy a pet sloth for $9,000. Are you kidding me? And she wanted to, she asked us, she was like, do you guys think that's a fair price? no you don't get a sloth yeah I was like are you kidding me and the whole tour we were just like trying to convince her why having a pet sloth is possibly the worst idea you could have yeah um and she just kept being like no it's cool it's fine and I was like ma'am please ma'am it is not fine (laughs) so uh this also happened once this is a little side story um we have a hyacinth macaw who was actually a rescue he was surrendered um he was a previous pet uh, so, which often happens with macaws and hyacinth macaws are actually a critically endangered species of macaw. And they also happen to be the largest macaw out there. Um, so they got a big beak and they know how to use it. Mm. Um, but this one man asked us, uh, he asked my coworker cause she was doing a training session with him, with our macaw. And he was like, so um, I actually am about to get a hyacinth macaw. Um, mm. Would you say that $11,000 is a fair price? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I think I literally saw my coworker's soul leave her body, <laughs> and she must have said everything under the sun to try and convince this man. Like, and then like she wasn't flat out outright like, "Oh, you really should not get a, a hyacinth macaw as a pet," because you know usually with people like that, they would just be like, "Well, now I'm definitely getting a hyacinth macaw as a pet." Um, I can take care of it. Like, she's sort of saying every other reason under the sun why, like, oh, they don't make the greatest pets. (laughs) And they are critically endangered. And the pet trade is one of the reasons why. Yeah, yep, yep. (laughs) So that was really fun. Um, But all this to say is, um, unfortunately, it's actually legal to own a sloth in Florida. Of course it's legal. Along with many other wild exotic animals, if you have the right permit. Oh my god. So maybe is what I'm getting is I need to look into this and write to some people um in you know in charge of making laws um and uh have some words with them because I have a very big problem with that. 
I, I will happily join you in that endeavor. I oh, have- I'll let you know when I've uh, had the, the letter all written out. I'll say to start yeah. a petition. <laughs> I have a wax seal stamp kit. I will oh, make it official. Fancy. This is my decoration. I love that. Quit letting people own really dangerous Ugh. and exotic animals. It doesn't work out. <laughs> With sloths in particular, I mean, they also have like a very specific temperature matrix. I mean, I mentioned how they're heterothermic and not warm, you know. They don't regulate their body temperature like we do. So they're extremely sensitive to temperature. They have a very specific diet. Um, they poop a lot. Like I know I said they poop once a week. But what do you think an animal that's holding its poop for a whole week? What do you think that looks like? I'm just. I don't. I don't even. Just... <laughs> and just like to smell alone. Yeah. So um, don't. Don't do it. I'm not expecting any of our listeners <laughs> have been like oh man i i, was, I just had this deal lined up on craigslist man i would, um, I would certainly hope not listeners and if i find out you do i'm coming for your life too <laughs> well there you have it um now all this to say that we still we have so many people that come on our sloth encounters it's one of our most popular tours because people love them they're adorable they're fun um, they're just cool animals. They're so weird, but in a really, like, interesting way. Um, so after people, like, get to learn more about the true nature of sloths, they've met a sloth, um, that's where I really go in for the kill. And I start to talk how uh, about how important their home is um, and how they are really great rainforest advocates. Uh, so that's why they're great ambassador animals, because they're not just representing other sloths in the wild, but they're representing, uh, they're advocating for the health of the rainforest as a whole. So I mentioned that uh, out of the six species, uh, one species is critically endangered, uh, one is vulnerable, but the rest are of least concern. So a lot of times people are like, well, what, a, what you know, what kind of sloth conservation out is there aside from the critically endangered and the vulnerable one? And I always say it's about their their habitat. Um, that's what we're really trying to protect when it comes to sloth conservation. Because if you use sloths as what's called a flagship species, um, basically like a representative species um, or kind of like the poster child for um, a greater cause, which would be the health of the rainforest um, and all the other animals that call it home, um, including sloth moths. Okay, I really love sloth moths now. <laughs> Like, what an what a interesting little guy. Um, so all that to say, sloths are not pets. They are wild animals. Um, but it, it always helps to bring more awareness to sloths um, by sharing different things from, um, you know, good social media sources. Maybe not someone that has a pet sloth in their home, but um, maybe an accredited zoo instead. If you want to just post cute sloth pics. Um, but the biggest way we can help is to protect the rainforest. Uh, we had a lot of great suggestions uh, on our Instagram the other day. I posted a little survey of like, what can we do to help on actual International Sloth Day? I saw uh, it. It looked really nice. Yeah. Here were some of the suggestions. Um, we had shade-grown coffee, which I actually bought finally the other day. I'd been buying rainforest-friendly coffee, but I finally found a brand at Publix that was actually shade-grown coffee specifically. And I will say, I had it for the first time yesterday. Delicious. It was delicious. Um, so I do also agree that I think shade-grown coffee probably does taste better than regular coffee. 
Um, you can also buy other Rainforest Alliance friendly products. Uh, so look for that little green tree frog. We've mentioned it a billion times on here. Ice cream, chocolate, bananas, coffee um, are all different items that come from rainforests. Thrift was a really great suggestion. So buying secondhand um, always helps us save resources, helps us save water. It's a great way to help the environment in a lot of ways. Um, who gives a crap toilet paper? <laughs> I know I know that Emily B has this brand um, in her house. She buys it. Um, it's a toilet paper that you basically can order to be sent to you, but it's made out of like um, post-consumer fibers and other recycled materials. And yes, it is called Who Gives a Crap Toilet Paper, um, which I just think is great branding. <laughs> um, recycling, obviously, we want to try to reduce, reuse first, but recycling always helps. And then the last suggestion that we got was, quote, stab anyone who litters. Unquote. <laughs> Which I knew you would like that one. I'm like, you know what? I he's, now, he's a little confused, but he has the spirit. Now, we don't condone violence on this uh, podcast. However, in the spirit of Halloween, maybe we'll let that one slide. <laughs> Just put on your ghost face mask, everybody. <laughs> and that's it. That's it for me about sloths, man. Thanks for letting me ramble about sloths for a really long time. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I, I learned a lot. And I'm I glad. Hope you too, I hope you too, listeners. I hope you I hope you <laughs> too. Cool. Well, you want to send us out here, Kenzie? Yep. So make sure to go ahead and follow us on our social medias. If you haven't already, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. And if you're so inclined, definitely give us a look on Patreon so we can all get better mics for your listening pleasure. Uh, and again, oh, also, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, episode suggestions, episode suggestions, email us at Conservation Queens so, Podcast. I will say it wasn't my birthday recently. And that our next episode is likely going to be a battle royale of my choosing. And Ooh. if any of you know me pretty well, you probably know what the battle royale will be. Mm -hmm. Well, we also have a hoofstock battle royale. That's true, yes, for well. a friend of ours' birthday. And so. if you guys haven't listened already, I posted a little spooky time mini yes. for you guys to listen. It's so cute. It's cool. like Kenzie's reading you a little ghost bedtime story. Thank except you. there's no ghost and... But there are some spooky creatures in the woods. And I definitely almost probably could have died. <laughs> <laughs> spooky. Spooky. <laughs> Anyways, uh, be safe out there, folks. Stay sustainable and stay spooky. Yes. Bye. Bye. <laughs>